Dicey Performance is recorded at Umeå Folkuniversitetet. It contains adult themes and adult language. Hello and welcome to Dicey Performance Presents ASMR Gingerbread Cookie Eating with Verona Crit. I have, I have things I can throw. <laughs> also, how many members do we need for this podcast to continue? I'm about to trim the Jen's family tree. Have I, I ever told you I love you? Two works. <laughs> Good. Hello and welcome to Dicey Performance. <laughs> no, <Hi>. Sandra's dead. <laughs> we have decided to cancel. Uh, Gingerbread Cookie ASMR and Annual Burp Fest 2021. Um, Burp Fest 2021! <laughs> Woo! And instead, we are going to be playing this neat little tabletop role-playing game called Alpacalypse World. Alpacalypse World! Y'all have been ter- turned into alpacas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I subclassed into Llama Mancer. Ooh, spicy. Mm. This show is, of course, led by your most virile leader, uh, Jakob Sasten. And with me, I have uh, sterile Jens Gabrielsson. <laughs> gingerbread, no ginger cook. What is it called? It's a gingerbread gingerbread cook. cookie. <laughs> <laughs> gingerbread cookie eating ASMR Verona. Person here only to correct everyone else in the room. Alexander Stian. And Charlotte the Feast. Charlotte is so normal compared to. <laughs> it's like the goal. It's like weird, weird. I, weird, I cast so so. Tialda was the first out of the four of you to audition, and um, when she did her audition, we were like, "Oh, she's great! It's gonna be a great party. She's so serious. She's a, like a talented actress. It's gonna be fine." And then the you three show up, and for some reason, we just decided to keep Tialda in with the trash fire. I know it's. <laughs> I don't know. It turned out good, though. It did. I mean, yeah. we're on we're on episode. I think this is episode nine that we're about to record, and so. we still haven't defined the meaning of nepotism. <laughs> I mean, you always need some trash to you know fuel the fire and shit. So. It's it's true. Uh, speaking of fueling fire and whatnot, does someone want to summarize the last episode before this shit show continues? Uh, I mean, I suppose I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, last episode, we uh, followed Francois on a mystical trek through some snowy void of like the ether or whatnot, where he met his old uh, an old acquaintance named Bean. I went on a vision quest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't dead. He was just really high. But uh, and then then we cut back, and uh, Bright Spider tried to interrogate. Him and Fluffy Betty Jr. about ongoings and got absolutely nothing. Uh, Cindy Sweets were continued her trek through the catacombs and uh, lost a bunch of her fire cultists to frost and proceeded on her own, like the valiant leader she is. Uh, Sacrifices, you know, very good. We can sacrifice you, but and uh, and Bright Spider. Tried to go for a chat, almost got gunned down, and then uh, held a speech. Yeah. I think that's a fair enough summary. So I think we should just jump straight into it. And we are going to start with Cindy. Sup? <laughs> well, why don't you tell me? Uh, the tunnels, you have, de- you have delved even deeper now than you were before. And much of the rumbling has stopped. You've managed to, like... 
Like you run down a set of stairs and uh, stop for a second and realize that this far deep down, nothing is currently cracking or uh, like smashing. I love that currently. Yeah, well, it'll it'll, it'll solve itself, don't Spice. you? Spice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you you look around and you realize that you have now, like, there's not. So previously, there's been plenty of branching paths, but now as you delve down these stairs, there is only one single file before you, like one single corridor. Yeah. And as you start walking down it, you hear, uh, like, what what are you using for light? Flashlight. Flashlight, yeah. So you are, like, shining your flashlight around, and you hear, like, a a scuttering of footsteps ahead of you in the dark. Great. What do you do? I look around, try to f- find where it's coming from. Like you said, ahead of me, so that's where I look. Yeah. Uh, roll to read the situation. Come on, man. It's a sharp roll. Please be good. Please be good. Seven. Seven. All right. You get to ask one of the read a situation questions. Should, should I read them out loud? Just the one you want answered. Do I know? Is like is the f- sound of footsteps the only thing I can hear? That's the only thing you can hear, yeah. What should I be on the lookout for? So you hear these footsteps and you immediately like uh, hearken back in your mind to these like mutated creatures. And definitely ahead of you is at least one of them. Um... Right now, uh, since you're not being charged or anything like that, you have not yet been discovered. But there is something or someone up ahead who you definitely should be on the lookout for. So what do you do? I continue forward. Carefully. Okay, wh- what does carefully mean? I have my weapons in I have my weapons in hand and I am ready to fight. Okay, yeah. So you 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 like flashlight in one hand and like knife in the other. Now yeah. you like pull pull out a knife. Yeah. And and you're walking forward and you see now that like at the end of this this corridor there is a door that has been like bolted over with a bunch of like planks and one of these like mutated creatures is is like one foot up on the door, two hands on one of the planks, like aggressively trying to pull it out, and you have not yet been discovered. You see it, it has not seen you. I slice the head off. You you alright. So so you you like we see this creature, it's like it's like pulling and straining and grunting, and then suddenly like from behind it we just see this like flickering flashlight. It turns around and its throat just gets cut immediately yeah. falls to the ground in a in a like in a slump yes uh and it is you just have this door in front of you and written in faded white text on a dark green metal door it just says armory and i know i have arrived at my destination mm-hmm. so what do you do so i try to pull those planks off so I can open the door. Yeah. Roll, you don't know it yet, 
but roll to do something under fire, and we'll see how how well this goes. Oh fuck's sake! It's a uh, it's a cool roll, so you get experience points for it. Seven. Boom. That's an eight and an experience point, so I level up. All right, we'll take your level up after the after uh, the scene. God damn it! <laughs> Come on, I level unless, up. Unless you have one that you you've already like decided on right now. So when I level up, I only get to choose one. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go plus cool, actually. All right. Yeah. So doing this makes you cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So you change your cool to plus two then. Yeah. All right. So here's the situation. Uh, you start pulling out these planks, and as you do, like you manage to get one loose, and you like in in triumph, you pull it out, and it lands on the floor and like clatters, and we just get this like s- progressive zoom out from where you are as the sound echoes out into the tunnel, and we start hearing uh, the um, the the footsteps, uh, like a lot of footsteps coming up behind you and you know right now that you have a choice like you were being careful with the first plank you can continue being careful and pull these out uh but that means that whoever is coming up behind you will get a chance to get at you or you can strain yourself and and like start like more forcibly taking them out which could potentially land like hurt you in the process So either way, I'm fucked. Uh, yeah. Do you want Do you want the uh, the attackers to get you, or do you want to get hurt by pulling out the the planks that are blocking the door? You got a choice between disembowelment or like a, <laughs> a herniated disc. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get hurt by myself. All right. So mark one more harm on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens is like you you hear this noise and you're like oh shit oh shit and you like take the knife that you have and pluck it in between and you bend it out and you like um, you try to like dig your fingers in and you feel like your nails are starting to like bleed under your fingers as you as you like fervently pull it out uh, and we just see this like horde of these mutated people slowly coming down the corridor as you are like grunting and pulling and trying to get get it out and just in the last minute like the last plank pulls out and you manage like you grab the door handle and by just sheer luck the door itself is not locked you pull it up and and like toss yourself into the room and like slam it shut behind you nice at least something's going my way exactly and then you realize that both your hands are in incredible pain that's fine yeah. I think there's enough adrenaline in my body to like not actually feel it. Yeah. So so you look at your hands bleeding and then you like fumble with your flashlight and and you click it up and you see that you are in a room like it's it's maybe a good like 6 by 6 meters like in in size and it is stacked from floor to ceiling with wooden crates and boxes. I smile. That's what I do. I smile and I carefully with with one knife in my one hand and the other one free. Um, the flashlight in your teeth, I yes, guess. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I go to the nearest box and open it up. And we just see the sweet, sweet glistening of, of guns. guns. <laughs> and I 
I laugh. I actually laugh and relieve. <laughs> And we just hear this like echoing laugh going as the camera cuts outside the room at this like small horde of these mutated people. And I think we cut from Cindy there. Yep. You're doing great. You got the guns. Cool. Now you just got to get out of here. Yay. (laughs) I mean, I've got a bunch of guns now, so. It's true. (laughs) It's true. You also only have two hands and the tunnels are collapsing. Two hands are enough. It'll be fine. Big ass guns. (laughs) So, speaking of big ass guns, I think we're cutting to the person with the big ass guns. Hey, Fluffy Betty, where do we find you? That's a good question. So I have to get some money, right? Uh, Yeah, I think that was was your goal. You realize that you are absolutely broke. (laughs) Very sad. (laughs) Yes, so I don't know. I want to get some money. Okay. So do I just... I don't want to rob someone. It's against are you, principle. Are you having a conversation about this with someone or... Myself. Yourself. Okay, yes. yeah. So we have like Angel Fluffy Betty and Devil Fluffy Betty on your shoulders yes. then. Who gets to play who? So. <laughs> hey, uh... <laughs> hey, Alexander and Jens, do you want to play good and bad Fluffy <laughs> Betty in this scene? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and you get to play Fluffy Betty. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> who wants to be who? I want to be Angel. Okay, then then I'll be Devil, because apparently I'm the bad guy in this podcast. <laughs> surprise, surprise! No, Betty, you can't rob someone. I mean, you need that money more than they do. But what if they're good? They haven't what? done anything to hurt you. How many of these people are actually good? They'd sell their mother for a five kroner. But Betty, you believe that people are basically good. I do, I do do that, yeah. But do we really consider these people to be, you know, people? You do consider them to be people. I consider a lot of things. They could be your friends or family. I don't have many friends, though. Strangers are just friends we haven't yet met. Or people who are about to stab stab Francois. True, very true. They're bastards. Sometimes friends stab friends. That's... That's how it goes. That's how it goes? Mm-hmm. Don't listen to that guy. He's a total poser. Uh-huh. I don't know. Okay, so both the angel and devil disappear in a <laughs> puff of smoke. Yes. I can clear think. Yeah, I can clear think. Think clearly. Think clearly. Think clearly. You can clear think clearly. I, uh, I can do many things, apparently. Um, yeah, I'm going to rob some people. Okay. So, so it's, it's Francois in earshot. Did you have this conversation out loud? <laughs> Presumably, yes. <laughs> Just like with yourself. <laughs> Has anyone seen The Emperor's New Groove where you have Kronk just discussing blindly with his shoulders? <laughs> Pretty much what happened. So I go up to Betty and say, Betty, do you want to race? Well, that will make everything easier. <laughs> so yes. You are employee of the month after all. Yes, I know, I know. I'm very nice. And polite. You were. You also saved my life. Very true, actually. You yeah. definitely earned a race. Yes. Cool. So do I still get to roll people, or does it take it up the table? Well, what you do on your free time, it's none of my business. Very true. <laughs> Though, I do need you to work tonight. So not tonight. Okay. Hmm. I will keep it in mind. I'm going to have a friend over for dinner. How fun. I can't be there, so I have to like 
keep watch what do i do uh just be ready i suppose it's a very broad description but i think i can manage yeah you always manage true very good so are you giving a barter to fluffy betty then is that what's Uh, happening here yes i am all right sweet money Bright Spider uh-huh. also saved your life. Does he get a raise? <laughs> Bright, get you're, you're not on my payroll. <laughs> I'm a consultant. Fluffy Betty is employee of the month. Are you? <laughs> I mean, um, give it time. No, no. I, I, I'm canoni- nice. Canonically, Bar- Bright Spider has now worked the bar disc one night and he has saved <laughs> your life. I mean, he should be on the payroll. Mm, we'll, we'll see. So, uh, I think then we cut over to... Um, uh, Bright Spider. Uh, and and where... <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I should be the one to answer this, but where do we find Bright yes. Spider? Where do we find where Bright Spider? We? Last we saw him, mm. he was pointing a shotgun at Camo, telling all the soldiers the truth, essentially, mm. that uh, he had nothing to do with the, with the slaughter mm. at Ken's. Mm. I, I, I think it was also emphasizing the fact that there are a few people who were in the know of what happened, and it is very much their current leadership's fault of yeah. what happened. Yes. So where do we find Bright Spider? I feel like we find Bright Spider further into the hospital. Yeah. We find Bright Spider still, very much still shotgun to camo, but he has he's made himself a bit more vulnerable but he's also got gathered these soldiers closer like he's talking to them he's telling them what like what has happened and he is making camo corroborate the story yeah and i guess we cut in at the end of this then so so camo just says like all he says is true that is what happened and I guess you still have the shotgun to camo to get her to say this uh, very much so yeah so in short, your um, anger is justified but misplaced. You have been led astray. But things are not too late. We can still rectify the mistakes of the past. How? You hear a voice from the crowd. Firstly, just vengeance. And people cheer at that. Mm-hmm. And secondly, well, I'm sure all of you have by now taken note of my dear disciple. He fell at the very assault you spoke of that you have been lied to about. But he is here. There's a like murmuring in the crowd like, yeah, well, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah. There are some of you who have believed me to be misguided in the past. But I'm here to tell you that there is more to my words than just, well, misplaced faith. I've come to tell you that there is a way to cheat not only death, not only make whatever victories against it as temporary as they are, we can make them permanent. I bring you salvation if you're willing to accept it, but of course, that is only if you're willing to. First and foremost, I am here to help you, and I am here to make sure that things are put to right. But, well, 
I come bearing the word of something greater than ourselves, and with proof to back it up. Yeah, you have like you have this crowd with you. Yeah. They are like they are waiting for you to like give an action word or or something of the sort. I want you to find the rest of your comrades, the rest of this little standing army of yours, and I want you to tell them about this. Everyone should know. They they nod and and one of them goes like 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 now, like now. All right. Well, you heard the man. Mm. Let's go find the rest of the guard. If there are any issues with people who are particularly stubborn, you are more than welcome to come by the heating plant and I will speak to them myself. I am here to reveal to you the truth, and you have no fear. Anyone who passes in there will also pass out. And exit. <laughs> Poor choice of words. And do you just leave, then? Um, he does. But as I step outside, like... I turn to walk outside. I like I turn on my heel, mm-hmm. and I think this goes without saying. You will either render peace unto your former leader, or you will bring her to me. Can I trust you on this? People, people nod mm-hmm. at this, and then what do you suggest we do with her? The other member of this conspiracy, the other person who saw fit to not only lie to your face, but also put you against those who are here to help you. You hear the distinct sound of a knife leaving a knife belt as you see one of the soldiers flash a smile. And do you all agree? You hear the sound of more knives being pulled. Um... I throw camo to the mob. And they fucking eat her. <laughs> and with that, I leave. You walk out into the snow, the whooshing sound of the storm blotting out Camo's screams as she gets violently stab murdered by these, like, 15 soldiers. Is it a bad time to swing by the, uh, the slop house and be like, hey, your jukebox safe? <laughs> I think I think it's time then that we cut tonight because Francois said something about having a guest come over. Yeah. So uh, I suppose I've made everything in order. I've uh, set the table, a nice, small, tall, round table into two uh, uh, bar stools. Uh, and I've sent my message to Kickshirt. Ooh. To come and meet me in the slop house alone. You're gonna have to roll for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm willing to uh, discuss the ownership of my establishment. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> make make the roll then. Is it plus hot? Uh what does it say on your on your skill? Oh yeah. Yeah, plus hot. And Come you get on. another plus one because you are offering a bargain that he is interested in. Ooh. So uh, nine plus two plus one. So twelve then. What so does it say on ten or better? Kickshirt shows up like magic. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! You you set the table and we see you like fiddle with a lighter. 
and just as the, the you leave the lighter from the wick of the candle, you hear this loud banging on the door. Uh, before I go open the door, I turn on my cassette player, play my French classics. So romantic. Then I go to the door. <laughs> Outside, you see this like large hulking man um, covered in like a massive winter coat, uh, like hoodie up and everything, and his like snow is laying on him. And okay. he he looks at you. Like squints through the hood and sees like the ice scars on you, and just steps in and goes like, "Oh boy, this is not looking good, Francois." I'm glad you've come to me for help. You look like you need it. I really do. And you're right. I look terrible. <laughs> come on in. Have a seat. He he walks in and as prof as you said, he is here alone. All right. So we have a seat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pour him a drink. And I pour myself a drink. And then I uh, and I say, so, Kiki, <laughs> we've had our differences. If you say so. You know I don't like you. You don't like me. As far as I remember, you broke the truce set up between me and Cindy by having your goon over there attack one of my people. I don't think I am unreasonable. If you have another story, please enlighten me. Your goon shot me in the fucking stomach. (laughs) In my establishment. (laughs) Now that is hilarious. (laughs) Look at you. You're still sitting here. Looking fine. Cooler than usual. Oh, you think I'm looking fine? All right. So tell me. Have you heard what's going on? Depends. Do you know what's happening? I've seen that the river has frozen over. I have I have seen that bright spider fellow walking around with a giant snowman. Have you also seen... That he's turning people into fucking zombies? I heard a rumor about this. Yes. And are you in on this? Me? Hell no. I know you're working with him. Me and Bright Spider have a economic understanding Mm. that I provide protection for him and he provides heat for me and my people. That is the extent of our dealings. And do you enjoy the idea of Bright Spider turning your people into ice zombies? He has not yet turned mine. Only Cindy's. I unbutton my shirt. Uh-huh. And say, look at me. And he looks down and like looks back up, like his eyes widening. This is what he's doing to people. And worse. He is he is lost like Kickshirt is lost for words here. Is this what you want? The man controls the heat and he controls a Goliath and as far as I hear he controls the living dead. <clears throat> Kickshirt, Cindy is lost. Probably fucking dead. This is news to me. Kickshirt has no one 
Sorry, your picture. <laughs> Spider has no one to oppose him. Do you think he's just gonna let it be when no, he's done with Cindy's people? Do you think he won't come after your people? Do you think you're somehow safe from this crap? And and he he looks at you and he um he he smiles uh, a little bit and um, he I need you to roll read a person here. All right, it's a sharp roll. Five. Oh, sweet. You have one question, and you can save it. You can ans- ask it at any point in this conversation, but you need to ask it before this conversation is over. Okay. And you like you ask it to the GM, and the, yeah, and and like he looks at you and he says, "I have something that Cindy's people don't." Oh, you mean the guns? Yes. Well, I think. Cindy's people may have them now. What do you mean? So we went looking for them. I don't know if they found them or not. But if Cindy has them, that means Bright Spider has them. You said Cindy's dead. Well, I don't know where she is. She's lost in the catacombs. Lost, dead. Either way, then she poses no threat. No. You can't have it both ways, Francois. Cindy isn't the threat here. It's Bright Spider. If they have the guns, they will deal with them. If they don't have the guns, my people will be ready if Bright Spider makes the mistake of attacking us. You're going to be ready to get turned into zombies. Have you seen what he's been doing? Do you think your guns will somehow stand against a freaking ice monster? Like, do, do you... Do you find this stuff okay? Do you find it normal? This is fucked up shit. Uh, I think this is a good point for you to ask one of your one of your questions or your one question here. Uh, so, is, is there a list of questions? Yeah, there's or? a list of questions. Uh, it's on under read a person. You should have it uh, there. Second cool. one to the right. What does your character intend to do? So you look at him, and right now he is dead set on bunkering in. Like, he is terrified of Bright Spider and what Bright Spider is doing, and knows that Bright Spider controls the heat. And he is planning to bunker in and keep his people safe and stay the fuck out of it. I know what you're trying to do, and it's not going to work. You're just gonna seal yourself in, wait for better times. It's not gonna work. What you're doing is just gonna make Spider stronger. He's gonna find more people. And you're just dooming yourself to die another day. You need to go on the offensive. Roll to manipulate. Eight. Eight. He looks at you. And you know, you suddenly hear a voice in your head. Uh, and the voice is a, like, um, 
we can hear that it's Bean's voice, although it's been like distorted by this massive blowing snowstorm. And you just hear her say, show him, show him what the frost will do to him if he does not fight this. Okay, so do I roll weird? Now is the point where you roll weird. (laughs) Five? (laughs) Fuck yes, you roll five. So, here's what happens, Francois. You feel like you're not getting through to him. Like, he needs proper convincing. He needs to see... What will what this will do to him? And so you take his hand, and and like it's we see the ghost of Bean behind you, like guiding your actions, as you take Kickshirt's hand and put it towards like the ice patch on your chest, and uh, Kickshirt starts screaming. Fluffy Betty, you're in the room. Do you do you do anything here or no? No, you you're just. I mean, gonna he's watch. not in danger. I'm good. <laughs> You just got to watch him. So you see Kickshirt like like holds his hand to your chest and the ice starts crawling up his arm and you are just like pressing it towards him as a man possessed as the ice creeps up and up and up and we see it on his neck and we see it crawling over his face, over his mouth. His lips turn blue and then black as the ice finally crawls up and hits his eyes and the flare of blue light shines through them. And he lets go. And he looks at you. He puts his hand down. And he looks at you with eyes of complete obedience. And he says, What do you suggest I do? You call your men to arms. Yes, master. The storm will see it done. And he just walks out. Can I just say I love you so fucking much right now? I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Can I just say the entire thing you sold this on was this is what Bright Spider's gonna do to you and then you do it to him? <laughs> That's like, you have to do this otherwise you're gonna get shot and then you cap him in the back of the neck. Yes! <laughs> This is what happens when you roll terribly on your weird roll. <laughs> I didn't know it was, I was going to do it. I need to roll worse. <laughs> oh no, this will only end up great for Francois. So as soon as he walks out, I just slump down. Hey Betty. And exhale. Yes. Your boss just turned someone into an ice zombie. Yes. So I'm assuming this went well? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I mean, I'm assuming you have a plan. I, um, I, I don't know what happened. So but I guess we'll have to make a plan. We need a plan. And I need the guns. You have to get, get him to give me the guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the untouched ones, you know, the pretty ones. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All shapes and sizes. Yes. Cool. You'll get your guns. Yes. Speaking cool. of the guns... We cut down deep into the catacombs where Cindy is, as of yet, still alive. Yay! (laughs) You have been barricaded in this room for hours now. The door 
a, like a repeated droning banging on the door. Uh, and you have like propped up guns ready to like open fire the moment the door fails you. Mm. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, the drumming stops. And you hear all the like footsteps outside like rush away from the door. Okay. I don't... I just sit still for another few minutes. There's nothing. It's silent outside. I slowly walk towards the door. Yeah. How... Like... How much heat are you packing as we as we see you? A shit ton, bro. Like, a shit ton. All the guns a person could physically carry on them are strapped to you at this moment. Shoes, legs, thighs, There's... pants, panties, bras, everything. Like, bag. <laughs> it's all packed. Like, both shoulders, the back, the front. Like, a lot. She's strong. How, she is strong. How She's many shotguns strong. can a person tape together? <laughs> A lot, evidently. A lot. You can make a dress out of them with some duct tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, it's... so you uh, like you stump, you walk towards the door. Yeah, and I stand behind it and I slowly like um, open it. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, and I just have my gun like. In the, in the tiny in, creek. Yeah, in the opening. Yeah. 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 And, and you, like, sneak it open. It, it's, the door, like, gives out a light metallic squeal as you push it open. And there is no one there. The corridor is empty. You see all the, like, dirty footprints. And the door has, like, blood on it from these creatures, like, slamming themselves at it repeatedly. But something drew them drew them away. I run like bloody hell. So you start uh, you start running down the corridor, uh, like carrying all these guns, um, and and like you get up the first flight of stairs, and it is suddenly very clear to you what uh, the reason why these creatures ran away, as these ice puddles. Ice that came from the river uh, of fire has now not only started melting, but started burning in the corridors. Oh. Yeah. There's fire. Yeah, you come up the stairs and this like orange yellowy light just hits your face. Is it like fire from floor to ceiling or no there's like spots of fire on here there's like spots of fire on the side and like a spout just like shooting out fire alongside one of the uh, walls it's still like i mean with a little bit of athleticism you can get past this i fucking run like hell yeah and as you run, we see you, like, duck under these fire spouts as it's, it's shooting out. And you keep getting higher and higher up. And suddenly you realize that in one of the turns you've taken, you've ended up in front of uh, a, like, pack of these, like, mutants also running away from the, the fire spouts. 
uh, and they are like they are running towards you to run like past and through you, which will not be a comfortable experience for you. What do you do? What the fuck do I do? Yeah, what do you do? You can ask the other players for advice in this situation. <laughs> it's it's fine. I press my back to the wall and make myself as flat as possible. Uh-huh. And I let them run past, but the ones that are close to me I shoot. Roll to act under fire. Uh, roll plus cool. Fuck. This time the fire is quite literal. School. Uh, that's a 10. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I got a good thing. You did. So so they like start rushing past you. The people the ones that get closer to you, you've like pulled up a shotgun and you are like echoing bullet sounds into this corridor as they slump down and their faces immediately getting very crispy as they land face first into one of these fire spouts. Hell yeah. And Bacon. The, and the road out to you seems clear. You you emerge out of the fire spewing, and as you pass through the room, the big room where you had the the big fight two episodes ago, mm. uh, you hear the the ceiling groaning under the pressure of the burning pipes, uh, and as you exit it, you just hear. Uh, you hear the sound of stone hitting stone as the ceiling collapses down and the room behind you starts flooding with fire. You got out just in time. Yeah. So I continue to run like hell faster than ever because a lot of adrenaline. And you you end up, you, you like, you find a staircase and you like climb the first flight of stairs and in your mid-speed, as you're like at, at, about to climb up the second flight, you bump into someone. Uh, and you look up, and it is one of the fire cultists. And I just scream, run! And yeah, yes, ma'am! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as as you like you, and you emerge out of the culvert opening into the snow... And as you do, like, the sharp cut, like, you are drenched in sweat, uh, both from carrying all the guns and from emerging out of this ice, uh, into this ice. Um, like, the, the temperature shift is extreme. And you see, it, it has grown dark now, and you see the, um, the slop house uh, a bit down the hill from where you emerge out of the culvert. And you also see, standing out here, waiting for you, the other fire cultists and Hellebore. We've been waiting for you for quite a while, Cindy. Just a question. Yeah? You said there's fire in the pipes. Yes. Is it... Because I'm thinking, would that affect the compound? Would it make it explode? No, this... Like the the fire pipes came from like underneath the river, uh, and you've like you've escaped the area of fire. Now the compound does not have fire in its pipe; it just has boiling water. Okay, which is okay, okay, good. Yeah. Um, I don't say anything. I just 
collapse, kind of. Yeah. So you collapse into the snow? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you've been bleeding out as well. Yeah. Um, can I get, like, just a luck roll? Roll a d6. If you get four or better, you've not taken another harm from, like, the bleeding out in, in the waiting. I got a four. Then you've not taken another harm. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. So, you, so here's what happens, though. You collapse into the snow, mm-hmm. and you suddenly feel a bunch of hands on you as the guns that are strapped to... Like, the fire cultists start picking up guns from you. And, and we just hear one of them, like, cock one gun and says, Thank you for this, Cindy. We will avenge the prophet. And these cultists start heading down the hill. Not now. You, you get up and you, like, you, you say that? Yes. So, so they're leaving and we see like they are in camera focus and you're like blurred out in the background. And then suddenly you stand up and you like shout that after them. And one of them stops and, and says, You said that we find the guns... And then we avenge the prophet. That was the deal. I know what I said, but I never clarified when. I said after we get the guns, not immediately after. It was never immediately after. If not now, then when? Are you just planning to barge in there and, what, shoot her down? They, She's got- they, they look at each other. There's seven of them. And they, they like nod at you. Yes, that is the plan. <laughs> you need a better plan. I've known her for quite some time. She's going to anticipate that. Are you planning on helping us or are you just going to stand there? I'll help you. But first, I need to attend to my wounds. It's been quite gruesome. And also, update me what has happened up here. Has anything happened? Does any of you have a clue? Hellebore, tell me, have have you looked after the compound? Have you talked to Camo? Have have you checked up on Francoise? What's happened? Uh, roll, to, uh, roll to manipulate to get them to... Because you gave an order first, and then you started asking a bunch of questions. So let's see if the order goes through first. Fair. That's a seven. Do I plus anything or? Uh, plus hot. Uh, eight. Oh, there we go. Um, so they, uh, so you, you say that you start asking all these questions, uh, and and one of the fire cultists goes up and says, "We have had enough of your empty promises, Cindy. We will avenge the prophet, and you will help us tomorrow." You will lead her to us. Is that understood? Tomorrow is tomorrow. But today is not tomorrow. Is that a yes? Sure. They, they nod and they say, we will plan for our holy retribution. And the fire cultist walks away, and Hellebore stays like stays with you. 
a lot has happened up here, Cindy. Tell me. And you get basically a recap. Uh, like, I'm not going to recap because yeah. we, we know. Like, Francois has taken over part of your army. Uh, the rest of your army, people, do, people don't know where it is at the moment. Um, and um, not Francois, sorry. Uh, Bright Spider has taken over part of your army. <laughs> um, uh, Bright Spider also has a giant frost golem. You didn't know about that one until now. Uh, and Francois has had a meeting with Kickshirt. And they don't know anything more about that. She also knows Camo's dead, right? And all that. Uh, yeah. Yes, that, that is also <laughs> informed to you. It was brutal. I saw her body afterwards. Nothing left but I can't bits go and back. pieces. So all those years, all the shit I fought for, all the shit I built up, all the supposedly people loving me and all that bullcrap, all the fucking shit I did to free myself from Bright Spider's fucking cold, killing my parents and, you know, all that bullshit. And it's all coming to bite me in the ass. You've not lost yet. I've lost. Alright. The people this... down the hill. And and she points to the fire cultists because they're like now at a bit of a distance, uh like walking away. If you give them their retribution, they will follow you. And they are more armed and more combat capable than anyone here. Than any of Bright Spider's people. You know my army, Elabor. You know how savage they are. I don't doubt you or your people. I know how powerful they are. But I also know when to give up. So that's it? You're just gonna... You went down into the catacombs. You got burned by the holy fire yourself. And now you're just going to quit? And do what? Go die in the snow like Bright Spider wants? Who said anything about death? Then what are you going to do? I don't know yet. I just know everything I fought for. It just seems so hopeless right now. I know you guys want Bright... I know you guys want the Prophet Slayer. I know that. But I've backstabbed Betty once. She has done so much for me. If I do it again, I will... This will be the last time you will ever have to betray Fluffy Betty. Trust me. Use these people. Ken might be gone, but his gifts... The only thing that stops the snow is fire. The only thing that is keeping us alive is the flame. I never understood Ken's obsession with me, you know? But, yeah, you can't, you can't fight snow with snow. There is holy fire here. He froze the river. The river is melting 
and and she points and we can see that like the ice crack like the ice is cracking up and seeps of fire are through it his power is not eternal the fire shines through hello boy how in touch with the maelstrom are you i know i know ken was very in touch with it i haven't been able to reach it ever since i left bright spider's cold i have i don't know why it's just i have I haven't been able to reach it i used to before but now i can't maybe it's because i killed my parents i i don't know but i can't reach it but if we have a chance at this we need to reach it we need something from from the fire from ken from you from some just something to tell us how cindy yeah you managed to get out of the tunnels because you managed you walked around the fire it's time for us to try another alternative and she takes like she puts a hand on your back and she is like trying to lead you back down into the tunnels. What what are you doing? There's a bunch of fire there. I barely made it alive. I'm still bleeding. So well, some of the wounds have cauterized, I guess, but trust in the flame, Cindy, and trust in me. I think I know why you can't access the warp. Then tell me. You know I don't I like being in the shadow of things. I cannot tell you. You must see it for yourself. Cindy takes a deep breath and just nods and follows Hellebore. And we see Cindy and Hellebore as they walk down the stairs into the fire. And Hellebore stops just by like the edge of the burning. And she looks at you and she says, trust in the flame. Walk forward. Cindy takes a deep breath and she relives one of the happy moments she had with Ken and walks straight into the fire. Roll plus weird. Is this one I should probe bad? I don't know. God damn it. I got a fucking eight. What's your weird? So a, f- uh, f- a six. Because I have a minus two. So that is not a hit then. No! Are you kidding? Cindy, you walk forward, trusting in the flame. And at first, it seems as if the flame is like walk- dodging around you. As when you take the steps, the fire flees from you. But as you are engulfed by the fire, front, left, right, and back, suddenly, all at once, the fire coalesces at you. Cindy Sweets dies in the fire as it burns her alive. So much for trust, huh? Verona? Yep. Do you want to come back with plus one weird? I do. Cindy falls in the flame. We see it from Hellebore's perspective. She drops to her knees. Now nothing more than a searing carcass screaming in utmost agony. And as she fall, her body slumps to the side 
it burns and pops and fizzles until it is nothing more than shard ash. And as Hellebore watches, she reaches up and plucks the flower out of her eye, revealing a burned-out eye socket from underneath. And she holds the flower in her palm and blows it gently into the flame. And as the flower dances over the flickering, licking weeps of flame, it suddenly catches fire, but instead of growing into nothing... It blossoms out, growing bigger and bigger, until we see a full, charred humanoid form. The entire skin of this person, nothing but black crisp. As Cindy, born of fire, steps out of the flame. Trust in the fire. And with that, we end today's episode. Fuck! <laughs> thank oh you boy. so, thank you so much for listening. I have Ooh. been your game master, Jakob Savstin, and with me I have I zombie Jens Gabrielsson. Uh, a, a weeping charcoal Verona. A rapidly decreasing holder of the weirdest person in the room title, Alexander Stiam. <laughs> and a gun lover, Chalda. <laughs> <laughs> Who just wanted to get some money. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Dicey Performance, which is a part of the Umeå Theatre Company and Umeå Folkuniversitetet. This episode is edited by Jakob Sävsten. Engineered by Lynn Olsen, managed by Joanna Velosa, art is by Vincent Ekvall, and PR is by Alex Rader. And the project manager is Jakob Sävsten. You can follow us on Instagram at Dicey Performance, on Twitter at Dicey Perform, and to follow us on YouTube, simply follow that link in the description. Thank you so much for listening.